Well, good morning, everyone. My name is John. I'm the lead pastor, and I'm so glad you're able to join us today, however it is that you are joining us. Uh, so I want to start today by giving you a little bit of a tour of my house. So this is uh, our house. This is where my family and I live. And especially, I want to show you each of the rooms in our house and what we use those rooms for. Uh, so we start, we're in uh, my kitchen, and this is where we make our food. This is where we store our food. This is where we clean up our food. This is where we keep our pots and pans and utensils and all the things that when we're going to make any kind of a meal, big or small, for the most part, this is the room of our house that we do that in. Uh, and then this is our dining room in here. And this is where we eat at least most of our big meals. Uh, we might eat other places in the house, but if we're going to have, you know, a real, you know, family meal, especially if we're going to have guests over, this is where we usually do it. Uh, this is also the biggest table in our house. So if we're going to uh, do crafts or Play-Doh when we were doing an online school, this is where our kids would set up. Uh, but for the most part, the main reason why we have this room in our house is because it's a place where we can eat meals together. Um, and this is our living room. And this is where we really chill out and relax. So you can see there's my daughter reading a book and my dog taking a nap there. And that's kind of what we do in this room. If we want to just hang out and relax, if we want to watch a show, if we're going to, uh, you know, do some music, uh, that kind of stuff. This is really the best room, the most comfortable room for us to do that in our house. And then upstairs, uh, we're lucky enough to have three different bedrooms in our house. We're a family of four. And so my wife and I have uh, our own bedroom. And then my kids each have a room, which are probably both a real uh, mess right now. But that's the place where we go to rest. That's, you know, you can keep your clothes in there. You can, you know, have a little bit of privacy. And that's really the place where if we want to rest, if we want to sleep for the whole night, that's the best room in our house for us to do that. And then last but certainly not least is our bathroom. And that's where you can brush your teeth, that's where you can get clean, and that's where you can do the important things that we all have to do uh, in a bathroom. And the reason I show you all this is because each of these rooms is really set up for a very specific purpose and function in the life of our family. Uh, I mean, there's lots of things that we do as a family that you can do in any room in the house. You can talk and have a conversation. We can spend time together in any of these rooms. But if we're going to really make a meal, then the kitchen is really the best room and really the only room in the house that you can do that in. I mean, if you want to make a sandwich or something, you might be able to do that in a different room. But this is the room that's really best to be able to do that. Uh, if you want to have a great night's sleep, really the best place to do that is to go to one of the bedrooms. Uh, you could put a sleeping bag down here in the kitchen. Uh, we've set up uh, sleeping bags and built kind of an impromptu tent in our living room before, and you know that's fine every once in a while. But really, the best room in our house if you want to sleep is a bedroom because we have furnished, we have organized, we have decorated, uh, we have set up our house so that each room really specializes in really doing one or two things really, really well, and that's what we use those rooms in our house for. Now, the reason I bring all this up uh, is because as a church, we have 
lots of different things that we do. Uh, we have, you know, Sunday morning services uh, that you know now we're doing online. We used to do them in a building. Uh, we have community groups. These groups of people that uh, again they used to meet in houses, restaurants, bars, backyards. Now for the most part they're meeting on Zoom. Uh, we have Serve Albany, which is our initiative to try to get people linked up and volunteering and really worthwhile things in Albany. Uh, we have Love Albany. Uh, that's our initiative to try to create just neighborly fun, bring people together for uh, really fun things in the community. And over the last few weeks, we've been introducing this idea of one-on-ones. And these are all things that we do as a church. And if you've been with us for a while, one of the things that we say on a regular basis is that church is not a building, church is not an organization, and church is really not any of those things. Uh, those are just programs that we do. Uh, church is not Sunday morning. Sunday morning is just a, a program, a, a thing that we do as church. Uh, small groups is not church. Those are all just things that we do. Uh, church is a group of people, and as a group of people, we are moving somewhere. Uh, we want to be followers of Jesus, and we want to be connected to each other, and we want to make a difference in the world. Uh, and all of this is super important to us because when we try to figure out what should a church look like, uh, we of course look to uh, the Bible. And especially we look to the words of Jesus and we look to writers like Paul and Peter and James, these uh, first century writers, uh, apostles, disciples, who are starting the very first church. And what they are very nebulous about uh, is kind of what the the form of the church should look like. You know, they, they don't talk about buildings at all. They don't talk about whether you should meet in houses, whether you should, you know, meet on Zoom, or whether you should meet online, or whether you should meet in person, whether you should meet with masks or not, whether you should have organs, or whether you should have bands, what kind of clothes you should wear to church. You know, all of that is totally up for grabs. And I think we have a lot of freedom to figure out what kind of ch church looks like. But what they are incredibly incredibly clear on is here's what church should be. Here's what it should look like as far as a group of people. Here's what that group of people should look like in the world. Because again, church is not a program. Church is a group of people and here's what they should look like. Uh, here's what it should look like when they are actually trying to live this out. Uh, so we're going to look at uh, a long list of different Bible verses. They're often called the one another passages. And this is a long list from all these different letters that are in the collection of the Bible talking about what church, a group of people, should look like. Uh, so here's uh, the list, if you can see all these. Uh, first it says that we should love one another. Uh, and actually, that's just in John there, Jesus said that, but over 16 times it's echoed the idea that at the basis of what church should be is it should be a group of people who love one another. Uh, that we should be devoted to one another. That we should honor one another above ourselves. That we should live in harmony with one another. That we should build one another up. That we should be like-minded towards one another. That we should accept one another. That we should admonish one another. That we should greet one another. That we should care for one another. We should serve one another. We need to bear one another's burdens. 
We should forgive one another. We should be patient with one another. Speak the truth in love. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. We should submit to one another. Consider ourselves better. I'm sorry, consider others better than yourselves. Look to the interest of another. Bear with one another. Teach one another. Comfort one another. Encourage one another. Exhort one another. Stir up one another to love and good works. Show hospitality to one another. Clothe yourself in humility towards one another. Pray for one another. And confess your sins to one another. Uh, and I'll put that whole list in the next uh, step email so you can check. But that's, that's what we should be as a church. Uh, now, a couple things before we go on about that list. First, I, I just think that is amazing. Like, that's, that's not only what I want to be, like, that's the world I want to live in. I mean, can you imagine if you had like a group of friends that they all treated each other like that all the time? If you had a, a family that treated each other like that, if our whole city, if our whole world, and that's really the dream of the church. That was the dream of Jesus. Uh, there was a writer a couple years ago uh, named Scott Peck, and he wrote a book. And in the book, he talked a lot about the idea of what he calls pseudo-community. Uh, and he says that this is really what we are all designed for. We are all made to be in these kind of relationships. But many of us settle with what he calls pseudo-community, where, you know, it, instead of having these deep, real relationships, we have, you know, co-workers. And we might spend time talking to them, you know, at the water cooler and the cubicles or, you know, over Zoom meetings. And you know, we might even go out to lunch with them every once in a while. But I mean, at the end of the day, they're they're just coworkers, or you know, we have neighbors, and we might talk to them every once in a while in the front yard, and you know, we share, you know, some things going on in our life, and you know, we have some friends that we might go out with every once in a while and get together with, and we have Facebook friends. But when it comes to having real deep, you know, bear one another's burdens, serve one another, you know, someone where you can really tell, here's the real me, here's what's really going on, here's what I'm stressed about, here's what I'm excited about, Here, here's what's going on in my life. A lot of us don't have that, but we need to, and we need to not settle for a pseudo kind of community. And Jesus' dream is that this is what the church should be. Not just a group of people that you know get together on you know church online or that come together in a building and they you know do their church stuff and then they leave. But it's this group of people that are doing this kind of life together. And so what we do is we look at this list and we say, how do we do all this? How do we go about all of this? And of course, there's some of those things that we can do almost in any kind of a circumstance. But there's some things that we think are really best for certain programs. And so why we have these different programs, why we have these different rooms uh, as a part of our church, is that we think that there's certain things that we do that are really specially tailor-made to really accomplish some of these things, but maybe not all of these things. Uh, so I'll give you a couple examples of this. And so uh, Sunday mornings, for example, uh, it says that we're supposed to stir one another up to love and good works. 
And I think Sunday mornings is really the best environment that we have to be able to do that. Uh, for me in my life, uh, the times where I've just like had those, you know, God, Holy Spirit moments where just something starts like moving around in my heart and I get this idea of like, oh, I really got to do that. Uh, I really got to sign up for that. I really got to have that conversation. I really got to, you know, start doing this new thing and I'm really just inspired to do something new or creative or whatever it might be with my life. Many times when that kind of stirring up happens has been in a Sunday morning type environment. Uh, often it's been during a song service or during a sermon or during a video and something just in me just kind of wells up with this thing that I feel like that I am supposed to do. Uh, and I think that's a big reason of why we should do Sunday mornings is because I think it's the best way for us to do that. Uh, another is that we're supposed to speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Uh, we're supposed to sing together. And yeah, you can sing in the car, you can sing in your house, you can sing in the context of a small group. Um, but for my money, the best, like most inspiring times for me is when I have been with a crowd of people and we are all singing together. Uh, and even as we're doing church online now, it's a powerful thing for me to know that even if I'm just in my living room and it's just, you know, my family and we're, you know, singing, you know, my daughter and my wife on key, me very much off key, to think that we're not alone in doing this, that in other houses scattered across the Capital District, that there's other families, other individuals, many of you that we're also all singing together. It just makes it so much more powerful. And I think it's one of the best places for us to do that. And so Sunday morning is an incredibly important tool and resource for us to have as a church as we're trying to live these things out. Uh, another is we have uh, these small groups, community groups. Uh, community groups are groups of sometimes five, six, uh, maybe as much as uh, 10 or 12, 15 people, and they meet together. And I think that some of that list of one another's, the best place for us to do that is in the context of a small group. And so for instance, it says we need to serve one another. And man, if you have ever gone through just something in life where maybe you were, you know, you were moving from, you know, an apartment to another apartment or, you know, to a house, or uh, maybe you had to go to the hospital for some reason, or maybe you had a baby, or, you know, there's something going on in your life and you needed a group of people to kind of rally around and help and serve and pitch in to help you get through that time in your life. If you were a part of a small group, I guarantee you had an amazing group of people. I mean, they, they just showed up first thing in the morning on that move day ready to work. Uh, they showed up with meals and food, you know, ready to help you out as you were going through that time in your life. Because I think if you're in the context of a small group, then they're just made to serve and, and to meet the practical needs of the people in that group. Uh, I think that a small group is the best place to teach one another. And what I mean by that is oftentimes what happens is on a Sunday morning, it's when we get stirred up, we get these ideas like, oh, I should really do that. And then, you know, we turn off the computer, or we get in the car and we drive home and it just, you know, our, our life moves on and we just, th th that's stirring up, nothing really ever happens with it. But in a small group, you get together and you talk and you share. And uh, we have a few community groups right now and they'll get together and they'll go through our next step email that we send out each week. And they'll talk for an hour, hour and a half about what we talked about on Sunday morning. And they'll tell stories and you know, here's how it impacted me. And as they're talking and sharing, 
they're, they're not only discussing them, they're teaching one another. They're, they're helping apply how are you going to actually make this go from your head and you know, stir it up, you know, and actually into your life. And I think a small group is one of the best environments to do that. Uh, and I think a small group is one of the best places for you to accept one another. Uh, we we want to be a diverse church. And so I think one of the best things is that when you get involved in a community group, hopefully not everyone in that group is like you. Uh, hopefully there's people that are different ages than you. Hopefully there's people that are different relational statuses than you. Uh, some people have kids, some people who don't have kids, some people who are richer, some people who are poorer, some people who are more left-leaning, some people who are more right-leaning. And as you do that, there could easily be some friction. And a small group is a great place for you to build relationships with people that think and see the world different than you and learn how to accept one another in that context. Um, but over the last couple weeks, we've been talking about this idea of having a one-on-one -on -one relationship. And the reason why we've been talking about this, this is something we've talked about for the seven years of our church's existence to some extent, but we're really pushing it now. Because one of the things that uh, I saw, one of the things that our elders saw, one of the things that our uh, discipleship task force that we put together saw, is that there's some things that are on this list of things that we are supposed to be as a church that really as great as Sunday mornings are, as great as community groups are, as great as these other things that we're doing as a church, really the only context, the best context for some of these things to happen is in the context of a one-on-one. -on -one. And so if people aren't involved in a one-on-one, -on -one, if you're not involved in a one-on-one, -on -one, you might miss some of the whole hope of what the church was supposed to be as this group of people. Uh, and so here's some examples of that. Because we're supposed to pray for one another. And again, you might say, all right, obviously, I mean, you can pray for anybody. You know, I mean, you can pray for people that you really don't know anything about. And that's absolutely true. And we should be praying for people at all different levels. But part of what I need in my life and part of what you need in your life is someone to pray for the deep down things in your life. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we got together with the elders of our church and we were praying through just an Excel spreadsheet of most of the people that are in our church. And so we were taking time to pray for many of you. And between the three of us, all of us knew at least something about every single one of you. But when it comes to like praying for like what's going on in your life this past week, you know, what are you most stressed about? What are you most worried about? We don't know. Uh, and the truth is, is that you don't know it about me either. If you were going to pray about me, uh, pray for me, you have to pray a little bit generally because unless you've sat down and spent time with me on a regular basis, you're not going to be able to really know the things going on in my life. And I need someone who knows me so that they can really pray for me. Uh, on that same idea is that we need to bear one another's burdens. Uh, I need someone to know what's going on with my kids, uh, what's going on in my marriage, what's going on financially, what's going on at work, you know, what, what's the day-to-day, -day, maybe it's not the most exciting, maybe it's not the most, you know, earth-shattering thing in the world, but, but it's my life, and it's what's going on, and I want someone to know what's going on in my life so they can bear the burdens of it with me. You shouldn't go through life alone. Uh, and then maybe the, the two biggest ones is that we're supposed to admonish one another, it means that every once in a while, uh, we need to have the guts to lovingly go to someone and say, I need to have a conversation with you. Uh, there's something that I see in your life that just doesn't add up. 
uh, something that I see in the way that you're treating people, something that, you know, in the way, you know, that maybe you're being a little bit hypocritical and we need to have an honest, loving conversation about it. Uh, and so that we need to confess our sins to other people, that we need to go to people every once in a while and say, here's what's going on in my life. Here's what I'm struggling with. Uh, here's, you know, this thing I said, I was never going to do it again, but I had a bad day this week and I, I did it again. I just, I just need to tell somebody about it. And what I know for every single one of you is you don't want either of those things to happen on a Sunday morning and you don't even want them to happen in your community group. I mean, can you imagine if, you know, we started off a church Sunday morning, church online and said, hey guys, uh, to start off with, uh, we're going to talk about confessing our sins today. And so if everyone in the chat would go ahead and just go ahead and just write out some of your sins and, you know, some of your deepest, darkest ones, we're always going to share those in the chat today. Uh, or could you imagine if we were getting together back in the building, you know, when we get to do that someday and say, all right, hey, uh, we're going to talk about confession today. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and go first since I'm the leader. I'm going to just do, you know, let you know some of the sins going on in my life. And then we're just going to start going down the rows and we need everyone to stand up and everyone has a couple minutes and they're going to share their deepest, darkest sin. I mean, how uncomfortable and terrible would that be? Uh, or could you imagine if we started off a Sunday morning and said, all right, today... Uh, I got some people I need to call out. Uh, there's some people that have not been living the way that they're supposed to live. And so uh, I just want to spend some time addressing some of you. And so Susan, uh, you and I, we got something we got to talk about. So I'm going to spend a few minutes on Sunday morning talking about that in front of everybody. Uh, and then, you know, we're going to, now we're going to talk to Craig, you know, I'm just going to go down the list of all these different people. How horrible would that be? Uh, and even in the context of your small group, that would be a horrible thing. That's something that needs to happen in a just personal, close, safe, loving, one-on-one -on -one relationship. And so we want every single one of you to be in one of these one-on-one -on -one relationships. Uh, we want you to take the plunge to say, man, if I'm just doing the Sunday morning thing, there's stuff that you're going to get out of that. Uh, if you're just involved in a community group, that's great. We want people to be involved in community groups. But if you really want to experience everything that God has designed for what the church is supposed to be, then you also need to be in one of these one-on-ones. Uh, and here's how you do it. Is maybe you know someone already uh, in our church or someone else, and uh, you're already close friends with them. Maybe there's someone that you know, you know from Sunday mornings. Maybe it's someone you know in your community group. But there's like that deeper level, you know, they don't know everything in your life to be able to pray for you. You know, they're not, you know, you haven't had those hard conversations. You know, you haven't taken the time to confess all of your sins to that person. There's just a deeper level that you can go. Then I encourage you to send a text, do a phone call, uh, invite them out for a walk and say, hey, we've been talking about these one-on-ones. Would you be up for doing that with me? Uh, and if you decide to do that with someone, uh, we would love for you to let us know. You can use the form on the one-on-one -on -one side on the website, just so we can know who's already linked up into a one-on-one, -on -one, and we would love to encourage you and pray for you. Uh, if on the other hand, you're like, I, I don't know who I would ask to be in a one-on-one -on -one relationship with me, then again, fill out the form, and we would love to help pair you with someone. And we've had a lot of fun over the last couple of weeks beginning to pair different people, and uh, hopefully that all goes well. Uh, now, Last but not least for today, and this will bring us into our time of communion. Uh, we do all of these things we do as a church under the, the banner of Jesus and ultimately under the banner of the cross and what that means for our lives. Because it's possible to have 
I mean, there's all kinds of different relationships in the world, right? I mean, there's, you know, lots of groups of people that come together and get inspired and maybe even sing together. There's groups of people, you know, small groups that serve each other and help each other out. You know, there's even like, you know, mentor-mentee relationships out there. But what we want to be is not just like good relationships and good friendships. We want to be a whole deeper level than that. And we really want to be way more extreme than that. Because there's, I mean, a way that you can love other people. And then there's like an extreme, radical, Jesus way to love people. Uh, there's a way to forgive other people. I mean, everyone forgives somebody at some point. But then there's like the, the Jesus, radical way of forgiving people. You know, there's a way of bearing each other's burdens and accepting one another. And then there's the Jesus way of doing it. And we want to do this in the Jesus way. Uh, so here's what it says in... First uh, John uh, chapter 4. It says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. And everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. And this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and His love is made complete in us. Oh, we believe that God loved us so much that he died for us on the cross. And as we go to find ways to love the people in our lives, the reason why we strive so hard to live out all these one another's is not just because we think it's a good way to live, but it's because we believe it's the best way to live. It's the way that Jesus calls us to live. And when we live in that way, then God and the way in which we are wired and created comes to full fruition. And that's what we want for, what I want for me, it's what I want for every single one of us. Uh, so let's remember that today as we take communion. Let's remember this God who loves us and how he calls us to deeply love others. Let's take the bread together. Uh, Jesus, we thank you for the way in which you love us. Help us to love other people in that same way. And let our church be a representation of that, of a group of people who love you. That when other people see the way that we treat each other, the way that we treat each other on Sunday mornings, the way we treat each other in our community groups, the way that we treat each other in these one-on-ones, and the way that we treat everyone that we encounter in the world, is a representation of how you love and that we will experience your love, and that everyone else will too. So we pray. Amen. Uh, we love you guys. Uh, we encourage you to sign up for a one-on-one relationship. See you next week. Thanks for joining us for church today. We are so glad that you came. We hope you found it helpful to join in on the chat, uh, focus on God, and spend time learning together. 
We believe that church is not just a building and it's certainly not just a Sunday thing. We wanna become more like Jesus every day. And there are a couple things that we can do to help us grow in that journey with Jesus. One being our next steps email. If you are already on our email list, you'll be receiving that shortly. If not, um, it will be posted on the Facebook page in just a little bit. This email has steps um, for questions to ask yourself and others, as well as prayers to pray throughout the week and activities. Um, it's a great tool to continue that journey of what we've already been talking about this week. Another thing that you can do, our leaders would love to know how we can help you take whatever next step you're ready for. Um, you can fill out the connect card, which is at the top of the screen at any time and let us know any questions, prayer requests, anything we can help you with. We would love to um, come alongside you in that. Um, also, like I said, church is not just a building. It's a community of people and we want to be here for each other. So if anything come up, comes up in your week, please let us know. Do not hesitate to connect with us. We would love to hear from you, pray with you, and help in whatever way we can. So we hope to see you next week. Join us at 1030 for our service. Um, if you want to get on a little bit earlier at 1010, we'll have a chat going with some fun questions to get to know each other. And we hope to see you there. Have a great week.